One, two, three. The eavesdrop. Everyone, welcome to the eavesdrop. My name is Laifa. Thank you so much for joining me here today. How are we feeling? I am drinking sparkling water, keeping it fresh, keeping it simple. Just gonna have a sip right now. What are you drinking? It's currently Sunday, and we've got a lot to get through. I'm already behind in schedule, but we thank God that we are here. Oh baby, I need you so. You know that I can't let go, can't let always and forever. I just want you to know I wanna be where you are, no matter how near or far. And I wanna be the only one who can open the door to your heart. Baby, let me be the one. Oh, look, look, you are my age mate, if you remember this song. Does anybody remember Eternal? Gosh, they were like, for me, back in my day, like my first introduction into sort of like British R&B, but like R&B that is popular. That was definitely my first introduction and they were called Eternal and... Does anybody remember, you know, Lucy Redknapp, is her name still Redknapp, the footballer's wife? Anyway, she was a band member. She used to be in a group. Yeah, does anybody know that? I think she did go solo. I don't know. I don't know about her solo career, but I remember that first album of Eternal when she was in it and she was the token white girl in the group. Oh, it was so well marketed because, you know, typically speaking, when they do like these girl groups that are sub- which they intend to be like worldwide famous internationally known they always have the token black girl right like you've got it with spice girls scary spice you have it with um um oh my gosh why uh uh okay sugar babes is a bad example not sugar babes spice girls um little mix uh-huh little mix is the most recent one and um, oh, I don't know if there's a few others, but those are the two that I can remember. And so this was the reverse, like there were four members and three of them were black and they had the, like, they was like, okay, let, let's, let's put in some, you know, so they had the token white girl and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. That was a good album. That was probably one of the first albums that I ever one of the first albums that like I ever bought or asked my mum to buy like for my style like my taste of music and they had this version of Amazing Grace so this was this album was definitely before Destiny's Child and I'm obviously I'm referencing Destiny's Child because you lot know I'm Beyonce obsessed (laughs) yeah but like um and they had their own version of Amazing Grace so this was before the Destiny's Child's um writings on the wall they had you know at the back at the end of the album they always had like a like a gospel song and it was on writings on the wall as well or was it i think it was Mm. anyway and they had a version of amazing grace which was great anyway 
What are we rinsing? That's not what that song just randomly came to my head. Uh, I've been rinsing Nigel Gun to me and God's problem. I've already spoken about that, but what else are we rinsing? Let me just go through. But um, you know, Bridget Kelly. Wrote him a goodbye letter today. With conviction in every stroke, lick the envelope and send it away. Mm-hmm. Wanted to do it the old-fashioned way. Didn't want no text and tweeting. Wanted to feel every word that I said. Clearly, I don't know. Oh, I hope these tears won't dry on the pick of not to make it to your side. Hope it didn't know what it feels like. When the salt is on. Oh my gosh. Okay, Bridget Kelly is called Special Delivery. If you don't know it, get to know. Ooh, spicy. Like that song. I think I've spoken about it, in the, it on the podcast. But yeah, I've been rinsing out that. What else have I been rinsing that I can share with you that isn't too... I've been listening to... <laughs> you know what? It's always the same. It's always the same artist. It is. It is. What am I going to say? PJ Morton. Oh my gosh. Make it new. Make it new. Make it fun. Make it spicy. I haven't got anything else to share with you. Okay. What have I been watching? Hmm. I've been watching a lot. So last night we did a bit of a Netflix. Netflix. Wow. I was trying to say two words at the same time. I was trying to say Netflix and chill. And I said Netflix. <laughs> we were netflixing and we were genuinely chilling and um you know i've been getting into my whole you know watching nollywood and especially because nollywood is so much more accessible now and the production quality is ace that being said the production quality has really stepped up but the storytelling in some of these nollywood movies the storytelling are not storytelling because i think Nollywood is known for its brilliant storytelling. It, it like there's always just when you think you know what's gonna happen, the twist at the end, the twist and turns. It keeps you on your seats. It's so good. But I was watching. It's called um, Shanty Town, and it's not a movie, but it's a series. And I thought, okay, let's give it a watch. And we initially assumed that our oh, Shanty Town maybe South African, but well, no, they're speaking. They're speaking pigeon. Okay, this is Nigerian something. And it started off so well. So the the storyline is <laughs> the storyline is well, the beginning of the story, it's like a mad massacre in this village. And um this lady tries to escape in her canoe, or she's trying to escape and she gets into is it called a canoe? Those little narrow boats, right? And um trying to escape with her two daughters. I think they're twins and one of them gets killed so then when they've sort of escaped into the river and they're sort of like just in the middle of the sea then they get captured um by i would say like maybe some local pirates i don't know yeah so that's the beginning of the story so this girl and her mum get captured and then it goes 18 years later and the moot the show begins i'm thinking okay it's going to be about you know them the girl being grown up and um she's doing a shower if you don't know what a shower is i'm just gonna uh t- tell you like the nigerian palance yeah the nigerian slang so some of us that are not nigerian yeah you can get to know the lingua so that whoever you're listening to whether you're listening to another podcast you'll be like yes life has taught me i know what a shower is a shower is prostitution okay 
okay it's very plentiful in nigeria okay in all parts of the world a shower is there so um you know it's like this a shower thing and um so i don't i don't really so it starts off well so it's like okay these girls are doing prostitution trying to earn a living and they can also there's an understanding that or you think that you could they can earn their freedom they can work their way out of this whole lifestyle and it was going so well until i got to because it was like oh this is six episodes okay i could bang this out in a night then when we got to like episode three or four there's one character who was in prison and she was released from prison and then she's like i'm gonna show like the main pimp guy i'm gonna i'm i'm not scared of him and then she goes back into it and i was like hang on this storytelling is not storytelling you started so well like i thought she was gonna bad him up and she's maybe she's working for the police now i i don't i just don't know but um yeah so i was watching that last night and I might finish it just because now I'm invested. I'm like three, four episodes deep. But really, I'm a bit annoyed by the storytelling because it just feels like if character development has been done and this late, like maybe there's going to be a twist and a turn for me to make it make sense. But right now, I don't understand why the girl who said she's escaped, escaped this and she's now back into it. And it, it, the story just isn't. So I was a bit annoyed, but yeah, I've fell asleep watching that <laughs> it's called shantytown watch it if you like watch it if you like or don't watch it you won't be oh you won't be missing out on march um <laughs> parking tickets <laughs> so just off the cuff right um i haven't received another parking ticket praise god but i i i tend to get you know you living in London it's hard to escape like if you have a license and you have a car it's hard to escape not getting a ticket at least more than once in your driving experience anyway my brother's been with us right and it's been cool but he's been parked on our road and he doesn't have a parking permit look at me just oversharing and telling you lot my family business I know you enjoy it anyway even though I don't enjoy it you lot seem to enjoy it so he's parked on he's parked on my road and he doesn't have a parking permit but he like it's been a good how many weeks and he hasn't received a ticket not once meanwhile if he was parked like where he lives which is like maybe it's under a mile away it's like really close by it's like a a five minute walk away right he would have done received a ticket by now. Like as, as he's parking, he would have. And I find it interesting because, um, where I'm going with this is, <laughs> I feel like, right. The traffic wardens, the parking ticket inspectors, they go to areas where it's like social housing, where, maybe there's an maybe there's an estate next door or whatever they go to these areas where it's densely populated with working class people and they're getting ticketed left right and they like they're hitting their targets whatever the case may be meanwhile if you just walk five minutes up the road where the money resides yeah i'm not saying i'm where the money resides but there are 
I've I've mentioned before that like I don't live around I live around people that are doing well in their lives yeah I can't I can I can't even count to you since I've been here how many times I've seen a ticket inspector like they just don't come around here and I don't know if it's their assumption that uh, the people on this side of the road have money so there's no point even going there because they all they all pay their bills and they all um I don't know respect you know I don't know if it's respectability politics I don't know what it is but they have not come my brother hasn't got a ticket once and it's a mad to me I'm, I'm I'm happy that he hasn't got one obviously but I mean I'm thinking hmm what like there's just this assumption that all people, I say rich people, rich, rich is, um, it, it depends on who you're talking to, but I would say middle class people, right? Mid, the, the middle class folk, there's an assumption that they're all doing well and they're all paying their bills. Meanwhile, I told you a few, epi- a, a good while ago about the time when the, when, when one man across the road tried to say that my sister crashed into his car and he didn't even see my sister scratch his car. He was just an opportunist trying to take um, advantage of my sister who's just vulnerable, just got her license and he saw like the P play on it. Anyway, so I'm just, I'm just, it's just an observation that I've made. And I think it's, um, it's like, it's, in, it's interesting because I'd have people come and visit me and they'll say, oh, I don't like, obviously you need a visitor's permit if you're coming, if you're driving. And they're like, oh, the traffic wardens aren't going to come around here. You just know the ticket inspectors are not going to come because of, because of the part of the area that I live in. Whereas go five minutes down north or five minutes down south and just because it's um a different demographic of class i would say ticket inspectors on it they're on it like sonic and it's so unfair because i'm just like hang on you're taking more money. i'm not saying that you should like people shouldn't pay for their parking permits but i'm just saying taking from people who already have don't have much and it's just unfair. It's just unfair. And it, if you're not in the UK and you're trying to understand, like, what am I talking about? Like, isn't there like, so in London, we don't necessarily have like rich neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods and white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods, even though we do, but we don't. So let me explain. It's like, so you could live in what would be considered a deprived area, right? But within that deprived area there are pockets of affluent streets or areas and it's like there's not much there's nothing to segregate them so you might be on a street that oh these people are well to do on this street but then at the end of the street where there's maybe a lovely park or whatever there's a council estate social housing so there's no separation and um like even with race, like you might live in an area that is predominantly um, considered black, right? It's only predominantly black because I suppose maybe because of class, because of people, um, safety in numbers, people wanting to stick together. But it, and then maybe when certain 
people move in, certain people move out, but it's not like it, there's never been a segregation system in the UK because they think that they're so much better than the Americans and the South Africans, even though these are the people that cause the problem. Anyway, that just, this whole parking warden traffic warden thing thing just got me thinking because i'm just like there's this assumption that people who have money pay their bills and <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure they do but like who doesn't like a free thing who doesn't like getting away with not having to pay for something do you know what i mean that's 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 just what you know so let's talk about grass fields it might be a little bit late a little bit like what so it's so funny because last week's episode I mentioned grass fields and then this whole kerfuffle happened and it was pre-recorded so I didn't really get into it so if you're wondering what is grass fields grass fields is a fashion label they mostly do like anchor up print and make like um patterns when I say patterns I mean like the outfits are I suppose modern style clothing in Ankara prints yeah so like African print right and I have been a long-standing supporter and fan and consumer probably from the early early days when they just came out I've done hauls back in the day where by and um, wearing their clothes I've done um uh, look books wearing their clothes because I really really enjoy their clothing most not only because it's like it's like Ankara print it's African print so it's African you know what I mean when I say African print you should do if you don't Google is your friend yeah and what I loved about it is the sizes are so generous like it's not like you're going to Zara and say if you're generally in most other clothing stores, you're a size 14. In Zara, you need to, you're a size 16 or 18. Zara will just make you feel like you're obese. <laughs> like Zara will just give you the level of secure, insecure. Like if you're usually a medium in Zara, you need a large or an XL because it don't work like that, right? So what I love about Grassfields is um, their clothing has been, always very generous and even like when you buy trousers or skirts like they always have like this elasticated waistband you know for us girlies that have the thick thighs and we like to eat and all them kind of things so and also like I've always noticed that say if I bought a skirt or a dress from them they generally have pockets and that is hard to come by in like high street clothing. Not saying that, it, yeah, it's about like high street prices, but it's hard to come by. And usually um, a skirt with pockets or a dress with pockets is, that's more common in designer pieces I found, like high-end clothing. So I've always enjoyed their stuff. And so a little bit of a backstory, they are, um, founded and owned by these two black sisters. I don't know. I think they're twins. One's called Michelle and one's called Christelle or Chriselle. Um, something along those lines, right? And they're British. I don't know if they're British born, but I think they live in the UK. They're from the UK and also from Cameroon, I believe. I want to say Nigeria, but that's just like 
I think that everybody's, <laughs> anybody who's West African, I'm just like, yeah, you're Nigerian and you're probably not, right? So that's a bit about them. And I've always loved their stuff. Always, always, always loved. I've even gone to like my personal tailor, taken maybe something that I've bought from grass field and maybe I wanted to get something cut in lace and made in lace. I would take it to the tailor and be like, I want this, this pattern, but in lace. And what I love about that, this is just, um, this is just a tip for anybody who gets stuff tailor-made, um, things tailor-made by like, um, seamstresses when you're going to African parties and stuff, rather than showing them the photo, I, which I hate because you're always going to complain. So I'm going off on a tangent, stay with me, stay with me here, but you're always going to complain because they never get it right. Even though they get your measurements right. You're like, this is the photo. Like it's like reality versus expectations. It never, it never matches. So what I usually do is that whatever the piece is, I will buy it if I don't already have it. And then take it to the tailor. And then that way, when they do my measurements, right they've also got the measurements of the piece which is like obviously I'm buying something in my size and if they want to understand the pattern they can literally pick apart this thing that I've just bought and sew it back together that way they get the pattern at absolutely right like they get it right to a T so it reduces um a disappointment when when you pick up your item the only disappointment that I tend to find is timing so I would never tell the seamstress or the the person I'm saying seamstress it might be a man sewing my piece I would never tell them the actual date of when I need it because they'll always do it last minute.com I always lie to them I give them like two weeks ahead so that I could get my clothing on time that's just a very West African thing, right? So that's a side note that I would, gen I use, and then also I get a lot of compliments because I would then have a piece that is made perfectly because I gave them the piece, like even if it's from ASOS, I bought it from ASOS and maybe I'll leave it with the, the, the tailor or the seamstress, whatever the case may be, for a couple of weeks and if I don't want the piece from ASOS I would then return it because I only wanted it to show the tailor or the seamstress sure you get sure you get what I mean right anyway all of that all of that to say that I've done that with um grass field pieces anyway so there's been a bit of commotion oh how do we get into this so um so a couple of years ago they announced that um, they'd have to stop running business because one of the sisters was very ill and they needed to focus on that. Okay, they got a lot of support from their f support, like from fans, consumers saying, oh, why'd you have to shut down? Da, 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 da. And they said, okay, we're not going to shut down. Okay, we will just run our business at a slower rate or an air. Uh, maybe have a, a smaller collection. Okay, fine. Since that announcement, not because I felt like anything was fishy, I hadn't bought anything from them. But prior to then, I had been buying things. I just, life in it, I just didn't need anything. So um, they announced that one of them was ill. Then from the support they got, it was like, okay, we'll keep running, but on a minimal basis. Then recently, um, one of the sisters created, I think it's Chrisette, 
Chrisette or Christelle did a really the video oh god she did a video very emotional you know talking about how these investors have stolen her business have stolen her company they've even hacked into her emails and her personal emails she's crying out for help this that and the third and in the video she says if you are a black woman if you are a black supporter please help us da, 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 da. so everyone's kind of like oh, what and my initial thought was like hang on how can an investor steal your business or these people a company stolen your business anyway within within oh god within um hours the grass fields which it seems was actually bought by investors came out with a long statement and it turns out that the girls the company grassfield was in administration meaning that they were broke they were bankrupt they had no monies right and so they bought them out and um bought them out and then employed them took them on as employees of the business so they're no longer uh running the company they are not the obviously you'd always be the founder if you founded a business but they are no longer running the company and the funny thing is for my little understanding of business is that when you sell your business or your company to investors like you lose you lose some of your rights as a director or it depends what your new role is if they've employed you again but you will lose some of your rights to decision making anyway i don't know what the small print what the fine fine print was anyway if you read the the statement that Grassfield put out, it was so, <laughs> you need to read it. It was just so like, ah, wow. They really, when I tell you they opened their nyash, they really opened their nyash for everybody to see in the public. And when I say, see, I'm going to break down Pigeon English to you. Okay. Nyash, bum. Okay. Open your nyash means like, <laughs> you know, what? it's just, you know, I'm not even going to explain you. You should just get it. I thought I was going to explain some things. You just have to catch it. I'm really sorry. I thought I was going to explain it. Never mind. Basically, they they just exposed their dirty laundry, like how they'd been running the business, etc., etc. Google is your friend. Use Google. Yeah. So they opened their nyash. And my issue isn't so much the press statement that Grassfields came out. You know, they just confirmed certain things that, yes, they bought them out of administration, that Grassfield was in a lot of debt, this, that, and the third. Okay, fine. My issue is the emotional video that Christelle put out on TikTok that went viral. And she was like, if you are a black woman or a black person, please support. I was, because it's like, if you know anything about how black black rage moves mountains, we could literally we, somebody made you know black rage moves mountains. Put a black boy in a in a, in a top that says cheeky little monkey, and we're gonna go mad, and it will just cause chaos. And I and people are starting to believe that you know it's turning into a little bit of a conspiracy that. Um, companies do it intentionally to cause black outrage so that it would promote their uh, product or their business even more because whether it's good press or bad press press is press right 
it was that whole thing and everybody everybody started doing forensics on tiktok on this girl's business saying oh well this is that i'm a tax person i'm a lawyer person i'm a this that and the third and i'm just like wow so your intention to cause the black outrage didn't work because it seems that we we not i say it seems that but we're not as stupid as you think like you're not going to just say a b c and then we're going to be like hang on what about d and a doesn't actually make sense b doesn't even make sense and a doesn't make sense and neither does c so where are you going with this um i feel for them you know things have clearly gone wrong and not in their favor i do feel for them i do i mean grassfields is still running now but it's no longer they're no longer part of it it is a shame um don't know what else to say i just think that wow like come and see drama come and see dramas for for what for what for what my whole thing is don't try and rent black rage and i think uh somebody one of my favorite podcasters kalechi okafor from say your mind podcast she often says i'm not your rent (laughs) excuse me she'll say i'm not your rent an angry woman an angry black woman it's a shame sha it's a shame what has happened but you know what that um that whole situation did do with grassfield is is it put a lot of um i suppose creators and professionals who i hadn't come across in my face because you know i'd be on the tiktok timeline just scrolling and scrolling but like actually giving advice but obviously take advice with a pinch of salt and make him think hmm I should google that I should research that I should find out about that like is that true and how can that benefit me but yeah uh that's what I found quite interesting thank you for listening also on a side note I'm seriously looking for singers singers that want to sing with me just for vibes I said it, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm seriously looking for singers who, you know, just want to practice the art of singing recreationally, not necessarily for a performance. Although it could be a, although it could be for a performance if you want it to be, but more so just for, just for vibes. I'm just here for the vibes, right? Yeah. So if you are in the London area and you want to just sing for fun, like DM me on my Instagram or find a way to message me. Let's see how we can make this happen. Like just a collection of singers, maybe once a week or once a fortnight, once a month, because I'm thinking once a week would be ideal, but I know that... that's not um that might not be like realistic depending on the locations of certain people but you know I think the sweet spot for me is once a fortnight if not once a fortnight then once a month so I will keep announcing this on the podcast and uh until I mean I might have another thing going on actually let me check let me check if I have another thing going on 
um yeah okay i don't have another thing going on but if you want to come to if you want to come to my house and just sing with me or not necessarily to my house because i need to think safety first bringing strangers to my house might be dangerous but (laughs) okay maybe not to my house but like you know a local like somewhere in east london or in the east london area if you are in the east london area and you just want to you just want to be singing for vibes vibes cartel nothing more nothing less we're not going on tv we're not making a record we're just singing for the sake of singing okay and you would like that yeah um holler at me i just found that it's one of those things that i really enjoy doing and now that like obviously i've stepped away from it especially like in a professional capacity but um it's something that i want to keep up almost like exercise like if you don't exercise that muscle you lose it and i don't i feel like i'm losing it and i don't want to lose it so i would just like to do it you know i know somebody's gonna message me just go and sing at church oh girl bye (laughs) anyway until the next one thank you so much for listening bye the eavesdrop eavesdrop